Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And there was no hope for them in the Jordan River. But now, now, they heard that the Lord Jesus Christ was on his way to their village. And for them, that meant that hope was on his way to their village. And they had heard how he had healed so many people throughout Israel. And they had heard how he had healed so many people from so many diseases, different diseases throughout Israel. Maybe they had heard of of the man in John chapter nine, the man who was born blind, and how the Lord Jesus Christ had came and healed that man of his blindness, that man could see. And they had heard how that man was bold after he'd been healed, and he said to the rulers of the synagogues in John 9, 32, since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? And they probably knew that this blind man, because he was so bold, he was thrown out of the synagogue for claiming that the Lord Jesus Christ was from God. As he says in John 9, 33, so the words of the blind man to the leader of the synagogue, he said, if this man were not of God, he could do nothing. And they probably also heard that the Lord Jesus Christ had said to his 12 disciples on their commissioning in Matthew 10, 5 through 8, when he said these things, these 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them saying, go not into the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and as ye go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely ye have received, freely give. They heard. They knew the disciples were told, go cleanse the lepers, specifically their disease. Hope for a cure. Hope for a miraculous cure. Perhaps it would have been publicized that when John the Baptist was in prison, that he had sent his disciples to ask the Lord Jesus Christ, are you really the Messiah? Are you really the one that we should wait for, or should we look for another? And they perhaps heard that the Lord Jesus Christ told John's disciples, go back. Tell John in the prison, report this in Matthew eleven five: The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. Of all those lists, the most important part that they honed in on, they focused in, they held it before themselves is those words of hope for a cure where 
it says, the lepers are cleansed. He said, go tell John in prison, the lepers are cleansed. So this is great hope for a cure for these men. And notice how it says in verse 12 of Luke 17, as he entered into a certain village, there met him 10 men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Why did those 10 lepers meet the Lord as he entered into a certain village? Because they were waiting there for him. They had heard that he was coming. They were filled with hope. They were waiting at the entrance of the city. That's very significant that they met the Lord Jesus at the entrance of the city because it shows they had this strong hope for a cure. And then notice how it says in verse 12 that they stood afar off. So they were there at the entrance, but they stood afar off. Why? As it shows that they were hopeless in their situation, but they weren't the only ones who were waiting for the master at the entrance of the city. Because these men, they were still lepers. And they were still lepers, and they still had to stand afar off. Continual reminder to themselves and others, they were lepers. And notice in verse 13 how it says that these men lifted up their voices. They lifted up their voices, even though they were so far away. When their hope came, they were not ashamed. They were not embarrassed. They knew their opportunity was now come. And they didn't care if anyone else heard them. They didn't care what anybody else thought of them. How could they think any worse of them? They were lepers. And they were going to call out. That's just like us. It's just like us. When we came to the Lord Jesus Christ, we were so filled with the hope for a cure for our sins. It didn't matter what anybody thought of us. We knew that we had an incurable disease of sin. And we were not going to let what others thought keep us back from reaching our hope for a cure, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's so much like us. When we heard about the Lord Jesus Christ, we were suffering under the feeling of being condemned by God. We were suffering under the feeling of the condemnation of God. And so like those lepers, we went out to find the Lord Jesus Christ. We were under the condemnation of God, as it says in John 3, 19. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. There was a time in our lives when we first heard, when someone first told us about the Lord Jesus Christ, we ran away, and we said, no, I like my sin better, I like my life better, and that was the condemnation. And when we, that happened, we felt more guilt because the Lord Jesus Christ, that exactly is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Like those lepers, we were suffering with no peace. How could there be peace among these 10 men? One or the other is constantly calling out, unclean, unclean, no peace. That's the way we were. As it says in Isaiah 48, 22, there is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked talks about another place in Isaiah, the sea when it casts up mire and dirt. It's constantly agitated. It doesn't rest. It cannot rest. And that's the way we were. We were suffering under the restlessness. Other times when you know, might have had a good night's sleep, but the restlessness of the soul, the disquietness inside. No peace, saith my God. 
And so those lepers, they didn't care what anybody thought about them. That's why they lifted up their voices. And then notice in verse 13 what they said when they lifted up their voices. They said, Jesus, Master. They called him Master. That's a very, very important word in Hebrew. Master is the word Adonai. That's what master means, Adonai. They said, Yeshua Adonai. They said, Jesus Adonai. To call someone Adonai is unmistakably to call him God. When they called him Adonai, master, there's no doubt about it. They were calling him God. They called out to him, Yeshua Adonai. Jesus Adonai. Jesus, God. It's just like us. When we came to the Lord Jesus Christ, when we came to him, we came to him as God. God who became a man, yes, but God. There's no doubt in our minds when we came to the Lord Jesus Christ that we had to do that. I know in my own life that was the greatest obstacle, the greatest hurdle, as is true for, for Jewish people, is to say he is God. That's it, but that's the point of salvation there because of what he said in John 8, 24. I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. When you read that verse in John 8, 24, you'll notice the word he is in italics. Why is it in italics? Because it's not there in the original. Translators are indicating to us that they added that, so take it away. And then you read, you shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am, you shall die in your sins, what? that I am the great I am, for him to, become, to claim that he is the I am. But by the way, after this, they took up stones to kill him because they knew what he was saying. As they had said before to Pilate, he being a man made himself God. They understood he was claiming to be God. When he said, I and my father are echad, are one, they knew he was saying the Shema, that he was part of the Elohim. So they said, so everyone knew that the name I am was that special name that we're gonna come to, that God told Moses. There's right in our chapter here in Exodus 3, to tell the Jewish people, Moses says, What name should I tell them? What's your name? And God says, You tell them that my name is I am. I am that I am. That's my name, I am. So when the Lord Jesus Christ said, that they had to believe that his name was I am, that he was Yeshua Adonai, that he was the I am, in order to be saved from their sins. And those lepers knew that. And they called out to him as Adonai. They called out to him as Adonai. Then he healed them. It's just like us. We call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as God. And notice how they requested what did they say? They said, have mercy on us, have mercy on us. They were appealing to his mercy, appealing to God's mercy, appealing to the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a very important word, mercy. They were not appealing to him to look at their righteousnesses. They weren't. There's two covenants with God, the one we had studied about. There's the old one, there's the new one. There's two covenants, two testaments. I'm not talking about the two parts of the Bible when I say that. I'm talking about the Old Covenant, the Old Covenant or the Old Testament. I'm not talking about the first part of the Bible when I say Old Testament because it's the Old Covenant. The Old Testament is the covenant or the testament based on the law. It's the law covenant. When a person calls on God 
to look at my righteousnesses, then he is calling on God to accept him based on the law covenant, on the old covenant, the law. What's the Hebrew word for law? Torah. It's the Torah covenant. The old covenant is the Torah covenant. I'm not talking about when I say the Torah, the first five books of Moses, second of which we're studying now. I'm talking about the law that's in the first five books of Moses, the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, summary of them, the law, the Torah, the old covenant, the Torah covenant, the law covenant. How, what is it? What happens when a person relies on the Torah covenant, on the law covenant, on the old covenant? Matthew 7, 21 through 23 explains, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. So stop. We're talking about the issue as entering into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So stop. We're talking about doing the will of God. Continue. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now, they were calling on God to accept him, accept, accept them, based on the law covenant, based on the Torah covenant, based on the mitzvah covenant. Mitzvah means good works. So they were asking God to accept them based on their mitzvahs, based on their good works. That's the old covenant. That's the Torah covenant. That's the law covenant. When a person comes to God and asks God, accept me based on the mitzvahs or the law covenant, the law, the Torah, the Torah covenant, that person hears from God these words. I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. How could mitzvahs be iniquity? How could the mitzvah of prophesying or preaching in Jesus' name be a iniquity? How could the mitzvah, the good work of casting out devils, be iniquity? How could the mitzvah of doing many wonderful works be iniquity? because of what it says in Isaiah 64, 6. But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. All our mitzvahs are as filthy rags. All our works to try to keep the Torah covenant all our works are as filthy rags. How could our righteousnesses be as filthy rags? How could they be unclean? Because there's a difference of opinions between what's righteous and what not, what's not righteous. We think they're righteous. God says they're filthy rags. God wins. But these lepers were not coming to God based on the Torah covenant or the old covenant. They were not saying to him, look at our good works. When we came to the Lord Jesus Christ, we didn't come to him based on the Torah covenant either. We didn't come to him based on our mitzvahs or our good works. We didn't point to our mitzvahs and our good works as a basis for being accepted by God. Because it says in Ephesians 2.19, not of works, not of mitzvahs, not of works, lest any man should boast. In Titus 3.5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, 
he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Not by mitzvahs of righteousness, not by the Torah covenant, but according to his mercy, he saved us, according to the mercy covenant, the new covenant, the mercy covenant, he saved us. Galatians 2.16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, not by the mitzvahs of the Torah, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even when we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. By the mitzvahs of the Torah shall no flesh be justified. So these lepers were not coming to God, and they didn't ask God to accept them based on the Torah covenant. These lepers came to God based on the new covenant, the mercy covenant, the New Testament. I'm not talking about the second part of the Bible when I say New Testament. I'm talking about the mercy covenant, the new covenant. What's the new one? In Hosea 6.6, the new covenant. For I desired mercy, not sacrifice, the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. Romans 9.16, for it's not him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. The father of John the Baptist, Zacharias, in Luke 1, when he was speaking about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, he said he represents to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring on high hath visited us. In Titus 2.11 it says, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. That's the mercy covenant. That's the mercy covenant that's referred to in Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34, that we already covered when he talks about, this shall be the covenant that I'll make with the house of Israel when I put my law inward hearts, in their inward hearts, parts, and write them on their heart. In other words, they, we come to God lawless. We come to God with really mitzvahless, I mean, as far as God is concerned. We think we have a lot of them, but God says they're filthy rags. We come to him, we say, we're, look, we need mercy, mercy, mercy. And then God says, all right now. Now I'll really put my righteousness in your heart. My righteousness, the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll write it in your heart. So when those lepers, they called out to God, to the Lord Jesus Christ to have mercy on them, they were calling to God, accept us based on your mercy covenant, not your Torah covenant. And that's what we did when we called on God to accept us by his mercy covenant. When Moses, in Exodus 24, 8, he says he took the blood, he sprinkled it on the people, and says, behold, the blood of the covenant. In Matthew 26, 28, when the Lord Jesus Christ took that cup, he says, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for the many for the remission of sins. This is the blood of the mercy covenant. This is the blood of the new covenant. And the Lord accepted them and told them to go show themselves to the priest. And that's how the Lord always works. He calls us to go and show our faith by our obedience to what he says. They called on God to hear, to accept them based on the mercy covenant, and God, and not on the Torah covenant. And he said yes, but he required them to go show their faith by obeying him. 
That's what God does with us. We called on him, and God says, then prove it, show your obedience. 2 Timothy 2.19, nevertheless the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So that's why it's so important in this passage where it says, as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. That's just like with Naaman. Only when he dipped himself seven times in the Jordan River was he cleansed. Only as we obey God and make our move to leave sin, that we're freed from sin, as it says, as we already mentioned in Philippians 2.13, God working in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And Romans 7.24-25, through 25, where Paul looks at himself and he says, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? In other words, he's saying, how can I depart from iniquity? And then he answers the question, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, I can depart from iniquity. And notice that as one of them was healed, and he saw he was healed, the leper, he turns back with a loud voice, he glorifies God, he falls down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. There's only one out of the 10. So why was there only one that gave thanks? That's the question the Lord asked. He said in verse 13, he answered, he said, were there not 10 cleansed? Where are the nine? Why was there only one that turned back to give thanks? What did that one person do that the others did not do? It says he turned back. He turned back. What he did was that he took time to realize where he had been, a leper, where he was, and he turned back. Let's think of those words, and not just turn back to give thanks, but he turned back to look at his life when he was a leper. And all those others, they just wanted to forget this terrible history, cut it out of the page of the history of their lives of being a leper, pick up where they'd been. And that's why the great problem that there is for us is that we forget and David, king of Israel, has to say to us that we should not forget. He says that in Psalm 103, verse 2, when he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Moses said to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 8, 11, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God. He said, Deuteronomy 9, 7, Remember and forget not how thou provokest the Lord thy God to wrath in the wilderness from the day that thou didst depart out of the land of Egypt until you came into this place. You've been a rebellious against the Lord. Don't forget that you provoked the Lord. Don't forget that you were rebellious. Don't forget that he was merciful to you. Don't forget that he forgave you of your sins. Don't forget. Have a token so that it'll help you to remember. That's what's behind the token that God was saying to Moses, Moses, you make sure you do not forget where you are today, questioning who am I, and you remember that when you come as the deliverer and you bring these millions of people here and then you remember that God sent you, I sent you, let this be a token for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for being a God who cares so much for us that you foresee the great dangers that we're gonna face and you prepare us in advance. Help us, Lord, to listen and to obey. 
We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.